0: discussion keeps the world turning
1: this is roundtable
2: Hello everybody, welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing, I'm He Young. Good to have you join us. All eyes of science fiction enthusiasts around the world are on Chengdu, as the 2023 World Science Fiction Convention or Worldcon kicks off on October the 18th in the southwest Chinese city. Get ready for the scoop on Chengdu Worldcon and a deep dive into the buzz around the Chinese science fiction boom. And we always look forward Forward to having a heart-to-heart with you. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer or you have something you want to say to us, please send your voice memo or email over to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Your voice could be featured in our heart-to-heart segment. For today's program, I'm joined by Yushun in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. First on today's roundtable, Chengdu takes center stage as the 2023 World Science Fiction Convention, also known as WorldCon, commences on October the 18th. Notably, the prestigious Hugo Awards, often likened to the Oscars of the science fiction realm, will be hosted during the event. Marking a historic occasion, Chengdu becomes the first Chinese and the second Asian city to host this global event, signifying a significant milestone for the country's science fiction industry. For those not familiar with the world of sci-fi, tell us what to expect from the Chengdu WorldCon, Yushun.
0: Hmm. Of course. And during this convention, there will be many activities like thematic exhibition, book signing activities, business meeting, and of course the Hugo Awards ceremony. And we know that it is very important, and um, a lot of you know sci-fi fans are expecting you know the winners of these awards. And also, we can see the slogan for this year's Worldcon is determined as Meet the Future. And what is interesting is that it is actually elected by the sci-fi fans all around the world with more than 5,000 entries. And also, um, the mascot, the design of the mascot of this year is also elected by um, the sci-fi fans worldwide. And we can see this mascot called Cormo is a giant panda combined sci-fi elements with many Chengdu aspects, I, I would say. Uh, for example, bamboo, and of course, the panda, right? Um, And according to Song Hongshu, the mascot designer, the prototype of this mascot is an adorable giant panda dressed in Voyager Mega. And this combination of sci-fi elements and ancient Chinese culture of Shu Dynasty makes this mascot Cormel captivating.
2: Yeah, uh, it's a giant panda mascot with glowing eyes, and uh, I wonder, is it a bamboo or a glowing sword in its, uh, just like the lightsaber Mm -hmm. (laughs) in its hand, so it's a futuristic and cute uh, mascot. Um, Josh, you've checked out some of the activities and events uh, being hosted this year at the Chengdu Worldcon. What's there that's attracted your attention?
1: Okay, so there's several big names that are going to attend the event this year. Um, this year, the committee invited famous sci-fi activists such as Ben Yarlo and Dave McCarty, as well as sci-fi literatures such as Robert Sawyer and Liu um, to bring some of these sci-fi literature feasts to the sci-fi fans. Also, Richard Taylor, who's the founder of Weta Workshop. He's won five Oscars for best visual effects. And there's also a lot of other prominent figures in the Chinese sci-fi industry, such as director Guo Fan and Yang Lei, who will attend the convention. And they're going to engage in things like in-depth discussions on topics related to the fusion and development of science and technology innovation, culture, tourism, and also cultural creativity.
2: Yeah, that all sounds very exciting. And uh, some of the names that you just mentioned, um, it just made my heart sort of have these little bursts of joy and I'm sure a mm. lot of uh, sci-fi fans out there are excited about this as well because these are some you know heavy headers in the industry and the Hugo Awards are prestigious science fiction and fantasy awards given annually to recognize outstanding works and achievements in these genres Chinese creators are nominated this year for the Hugo Awards as well so give us more information on your observation of ooh the popularity of the Hugo Awards here in China and its development, as well as you know these uh, interesting works from Chinese creators that are being presented and uh, nominated there.
0: Yes, of course, and as you mentioned, He Yang, uh, the Hugo Awards is seen as kind of in the Nobel Prize in the sci-fi area. So it is worth noting that the presence of several Chinese, uh, you know, finalists in various categories of the Hugo Awards this year, and we can see, for example. In the Best Short Story category, there are four Chinese finalists, On the Razor's Edge by Bo, Resurrection by Ren Qing, The White Cliff by Lu Ban, and Rong on Mars by Regina Kan Yu Wan. And also, the Best Novelette category features the Chinese entry The Space-Time Painter by Haiya. And aside from that, many Chinese creators and authors are nominees for Best Related Work, Best Editor, and the Best Professional Artist Award.
2: Hey, Josh, how important do you think it is to sort of be recognized? Um, You know, we don't know exactly what the results of the awards just yet, but, uh, Mm. you know, being acknowledged this way, ending up on the short list is a big deal, in my opinion.
1: I think that it is a big deal. And I know that award ceremonies for film and other artistic mediums all over the world are often criticized or their their value is often questioned you know how really important is it but i I do think that it's very important and effective at least in shedding light and giving a platform for a lot of these authors and artists and designers um, to show their work and especially in china when western literature has historically been so dominant, at least in the international stage, in the field of sci-fi, I think that it is about time that some of these writers got some limelight and got some popularity. And I do think that this helps, definitely. I mean, if you just look at my own country in the UK and look at some of the authors that have won the Hugo Award in the past, they are massive sci-fi authors that are internationally famous and have had their works translated into so many different languages, such as Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett, of course, Charlie Brooker. Um, And even if these names aren't particularly familiar to you, I bet that you've seen one of their films or something like this. So we also have to remember that a lot of these writers will often have their works made into movies as well. So I do think that it does carry a lot of weight.
0: Mm. And also, I think, you know, the number of all of these Chinese nominees is also showing that the power of sci-fi industry in China is getting stronger globally, I think. That's probably also part of the reasons that why this global event is taking place in Chengdu, in China, right? Um, If we are not strong enough, then this global event will not be happening in here in China, right?
2: Well, certainly China has experienced a significant surge in the popularity of sci-fi in recent years, both in terms of readership and authorship. And authors like Liu Cixin, who wrote the internationally acclaimed The Three-Body Problem, won the 2015 Hugo Award. And he made history by becoming the first Asian author to receive this uh, accomplishment and um, I think, Josh, what you mentioned earlier is a really interesting point. Certainly, I th- when you look at China, is a little bit of a latecomer when it comes to uh, sci-fi fiction, or at least the global recognition of it. And one challenge has been the translation of Chinese science fiction into English and other languages. High-quality translations are essential for international audiences to fully appreciate these works. Some Chinese authors, including Liu Cixin, have benefited from skilled translators like Ken Liu, who made their work accessible to English-speaking readers. And also, one of the things identify as um, you can argue whether it could be a challenge or a great opportunity of Chinese sci-fi literature being more present in the international limelight. That is, um, well, Chinese sci-fi often reflects unique cultural and philosophical perspectives. While some themes are universal, others are rooted in Chinese history and values, and this has led to discussions about the cultural context and understanding of these works by Western audiences and, of course, Hugo Award voters. So, The Three-Body Problem by Liu Cixin um, explores the uh, impact of major events happened in China in the 1960s and 70s on the main character's worldview, leading to very complex ethical and philosophical questions. And trust me, if you read the book, you get what I mean. And the historical context and its influence on the characters are really significant themes for uh, for the story. And not everybody immediately gets it if you're not from this culture. But in my opinion, it's also the really exciting part about reading world literature, um, about reading something different. And another example I want to give you is Folding Beijing by Hao Jingfeng, who also mm-hmm. won the Hugo Award in twenty. 20- Sixteen, actually. And this Hugo Award-winning novelette introduces the concept of a city that literally folds and unfolds. It explores issues of overpopulation and social inequality using a unique science fictional concept to address real-world challenges in Chinese society, which I think if you're open-minded, it would be great to read, and it's very different from the Western uh, sci-fi works that one comes across. So there are plenty to explore. Why do you think that science fiction fiction has developed so rapidly in China in recent years
0: um first of all I think it has something to do with the policy the supportive policy of conducted by government um we can see that um, domestic science fiction has received I think strong support from, the national levels. In 2020, the National Film Administration and the China Association for Science and Technology jointly issued the policy that introduced 10 policy measures to support domestic science fiction films. And that was also known as the 10 science fiction measures. And later in 2021, the state council also issued a policy which also include the implementation of the support plan for the development of the science fiction industry. And another thing is that, um, you know, many local governments are realizing the importance of developing the sci-fi industry, no matter it's about, um, you know, in the reading area or the gaming area or just, you know, tourism area, they are actually building up a lot of theme parks in these kind of sci-fi themes to actually attract a lot of people because it is kind of, you know, evergreen topic, no matter it's kids or adults, they can all be attracted by these kind of, you know, sci-fi and futuristic themes.
2: Um, okay, if I may, um, voice the thoughts of some people who might be a little bit more (laughs) old-fashioned, um, yeah, do you think that everybody's into sci-fi? because some people are more um, into, you know, real life uh, stuff or whatnot. Um, Yeah, it's really interesting. We kind of take it for granted that science fiction is something that the uh, vast majority of the audience would be happy to eat up uh, scoop by scoop. Um, Josh, do you agree? What do you think?
1: Well, to be honest, I think that the most some of the most influential pieces of modern literature or in fact maybe even most of them are actually sci-fi books. Really? Um, at least I think some yeah I do at least ones that have had the biggest effect on me and I'm not a biggest sci-fi reader um, books like Brave New World and 1984 and um, you know Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep or all of these books I, I mean they are in essence sci-fi novels but they also talk about much bigger topics mm-hmm. and they use sci-fi to sort of explain them in ways. So I, I do understand how they may not be for everybody, but I think that sci-fi has um, plays a much deeper role than many people might assume, or they um, have much stronger messages than just being about space or something futuristic. I think that actually a lot of really the best sci-fi books are actually very philosophical as well. I mean, you Mm. could one could argue that every novel is to some (laughs) degree, but I think that there's a there's real strong philosophical thought going on really at the root of most uh, dominant sci fi novels. So I guess that some of them are just quite hard to read. I mean, even for myself, books like Dune, you know, Mm. it's not an easy, lazy Sunday afternoon read for everybody. For some people, it is. And fair play to you if it is. But I mean... Yeah, it takes some effort to get through all of those books, I admit, yeah. for myself.
0: Right, and also I understand a lot of people, you know, treat sci-fi works as kind of, you know, nerdy or full of stats thing. And um, But also that is also the point why, you know, people are, can also treat sci-fi as something quite real because they have to, you know, create a kind of uh, imaginary and uh, fictional world on these kind of real stats so that you can make these audience believe that it is kind of, you know, the world that you could have in your imagination. So uh, of course there, there are some, um, you know, audience that they don't like, but, um, it is quite popular globally, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Certainly, there's a big crowd for these kind of books and also movies. There are a lot of uh, blockbusters uh, from Hollywood and as well as from China uh, in recent years right. that have captivated our uh, imagination and attention as well and I know you shouldn't have something to say about that but just in one second please as I like to circle back to what uh, Josh mentioned earlier I certainly agree the popularity of sci-fi as well as possibly all literal works or movies or entertainment is got has something to do with the reflection of current society. And many of these science fiction stories serve as allegories or metaphors for contemporary social issues, or societal issues. And they allow creators to comment on current political, ethical and social dilemmas by presenting them in a different context, making it easier for audiences to contemplate these issues. And uh, it's Maybe particularly chilling or exciting for some people when you see that the speculation and prediction of some of these sci-fi works actually turn into reality, or, or at least a, a little bit of it. Um, Yeah, because um, science fiction often serves as a platform for speculating about the future of of technology and society. Some sci-fi works have successfully predicted technological advancements, inspiring real-world inventors and scientists. And one example comes to mind, uh, 2001. A Space Odyssey, the film. Uh, Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece that predicted the use of AI and explored human evolution and space exploration as such. But one thing that kind of... Well, this goes back to the chilling effect that I mentioned earlier when uh, Liu Cixin mentioned the Heian Sun Lian theory, so the dark forest theory in his The Three-Body Fiction book. And um, one of the things that I did not welcome to see is uh when some companies adopt that theory when they're having these brainstorm meetings to come up with business strategy because um yeah so it's really interesting sort of the kind of perspective or outlook one adopts when uh sci-fi does have its influence in today's real life to some extent and the sci-fi industry has been developing rapidly here in china and there is this general interest in the genre what do you see as maybe the more visible roadblocks for the development of this industry
0: Mm, yes and as we mentioned uh a lot of um you know we can see a lot of the b- big names or when you are thinking about, you know, sci-fi literature from China, you can basically, most of people will think of the three body problem or Liu Cixin, right? And that is also maybe kind of the problem that we are facing. That is, um, we are, um, lacking of these kind of original stories, but, um, And of course, we have these, um, you know, well-known literature and also the good translation of many classic foreign science fiction works. But aside from that, maybe if we need to, if we would like to develop more, um, you know, great works in this area, maybe we need more originality, right? And um, another thing is that, um, you know, the management of intellectual property rights is currently not that mature in china um you know we Zi, the editor-in-chief of the magazine science fiction world has pointed out that the core of the science fiction industry lies not only in products but also in intellectual property rights this sets it apart from all other industries. The science fiction industry is a content-driven one, yet it's unlike any other content industry due to its infinite potential for transformation and unlike other content that it's typically one-time conversions. So, uh, of course, these kind of idea things from sci-fi works um, are very hard to you know, actually identify that kind of intellectual property issue. But still, if we have more mature system on these kind of things, I think there will be a huge space for improvement.
1: I think that time is of the essence here. And if you just look at some of the most prominent sci-fi novels from in the English speaking language, such as Brave New World that was published in 1932. And a lot of these early sci-fi novels weren't received with as much admiration as they have to this day um, right now. And so it takes some time, I think. And in, in order for this to happen, we just need more time. There are a lot of cultural differences and preferences in China, which I think um, need to be taken into consideration to resonate with Chinese readers. If we take the three-body problem, and if you've read that book, you know that that really is a Chinese novel, not just a sci-fi novel, but the content of the book really reflects and acknowledges some things about China's past. and takes time translation and localization of western novels it can as we all know as you guys know really well speaking english so fluently translation can only take you so far and there are a lot of cultural nuances Mm -hmm. that you just cannot translate and not only you cannot translate them but you can't make that resonate with people and be entertaining to people right necessarily even if it is translated properly so i just think that it needs some time to develop i i personally think that the sci-fi The genre of sci-fi, especially in the literary world, is one of the, if not the most, deep and developed of the genres. As I said before, I think it also brings in philosophy and all sorts of other concepts, history. And I I think that that takes a long time to develop and to be accepted.
2: Mm. That is interesting. You are onto something for sure. And also, I suppose, for sci-fi, it's particularly one literal genre that... Uh, banks heavily on imagination and exploration. Um, So it it allows authors and creators to explore the limits of human imagination and envision worlds, technologies, and possibilities that may not exist in reality, although a lot of the thoughts and the building blocks are rooted in our reality, obviously. So this start, um, and the imagination, it sparks curiosity and wonder of the audiences. Yeah, Yushun, could you give us an update on how sci-fi has been received in China in recent years?
0: Uh, Yes, Uh, aside from, you know, we've been discussing a lot of Chinese names are making their marks on international stage, which is, you know, the Hugo Awards. Also, we can see the total revenue of sci-fi industry has soared. According to a... 2023 china science fiction industry report the total revenue of the five major sectors within chinese science fiction industry which are science fiction reading um, film and television science fiction games and um, derivatives and science fiction cultural tourism reached 87 billion yuan that's about 12 billion U.S. dollars in 2022, and that is representing a year-on-year growth of 5.8%. And although the growth rate has slowed compared to the previous years, it has increased by over eight times when compared to seven years ago.
2: Certainly an industry with a lot of potential, and we need more creativity and Mm. curiosity in this area.